What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Do you love the sound of squeaking sneakers on a shiny hardwood? You get just as pumped about a fast break dunk as you do a touchdown pass. Would you be just as excited to meet Jimmy Jackson as you would Archie Griffin? If so, then this is the show for you. You're listening to Shots from the Shot, presented by the OHIO Podcast. Now it's game time. OHIO! And welcome back to Shots from the Shot, and I'm joined... I'm the monk, and I'm joined again with Buckeye Boggs. How are you doing today? It's a beautiful sunny day in the Buckeye State as we record this, my man. So I'm happy. Yeah, I could do without this cold weather, I'll tell you that. (laughs) It was chilly. It was definitely chilly this morning when I walked the dog. But uh, I'll take the sunshine today anyways. So, And the football team's back in the uh, CFP, so... And the basketball team's back in the win column, so we're uh, we're doing pretty good right now. Oh yeah, I tell you, it, it's been quite funny reading all these, all the my friends up here, all their comments on their all their social medias, <laughs> crying about Ohio State getting in. Not surprised. I'm not surprised. <laughs> but all right, well, we're got a pretty good show for you today. We're going to. And to give our predictions on how we think the Big Ten teams are going to finish this year in the basketball. We're also going to rank what we, how we think the coaches are. And we're going to give you a quick little review on the past two games this week. And a little, little thoughts on Zed Key and his performances against Duke. So, um, all right, well, let's get started with the uh, Duke review. And tell you, I was <laughs> I was very confident they were going to win this one, and I was quite bummed out we didn't get that. So they played well. I think um, this was a this was a good game to gauge where this team is at when you look at the uh, national landscape. Duke is a young basketball team as well, Jason. And they have they had a better recruiting class than Ohio State as far as the national ranking. And, you know, they're a young basketball team that's going to, you know, have to go through some growing pains themselves. Right. And so two very similar basketball teams. I, I tell you what I think made the difference in this basketball game was Ohio State at the end of the first half uh kind of let the momentum slip away from them and that crowd was electric there there is definitely a home court advantage 
that Duke has that Ohio State doesn't get due to our terrible arena. Um, <clears throat> it's not really an arena. First off, it's a gymnasium. That that that's <laughs> let's call it like it is. Like it is a small barn, man. And those fans and those students are up on you on the sideline. And there is definitely a a home court advantage there. There just really is. And you know, Duke caught the momentum. And they rode that into halftime, and they, you know, they went in by, by up by ten. And Ohio State, I thought, outplayed them in the second half. Now, obviously, Duke hit their free throws down the stretch there, and and were able to pull out a nine point victory over us. But for the most part, I think Ohio State plays that second half much better against Duke than they did the first half, obviously. And if you take away the last five minutes of the first half, Ohio State's going to win that basketball game. There was a couple little things that happened that obviously I know that you pointed out as we were kind of talking this past week. Uh, one was the free throws, obviously. But I thought they got a pretty good game from a lot of guys, including Zed Key. He was phenomenal in that game. Oh, he is unreal. And it was, it was funny because you talk about the – um, fans being right on top of you. I've seen an interview with Zed Key, and he, he said when he went out to, for his shoot-around, he said, man, they were right on him, and he's just thinking to himself, man, I cannot shoot the ball in this. <laughs> uh, so I, I, thought, I thought that was kind of funny, but, I mean, yeah, he had a career high last year against them with 20 points, and then he just steps it up even more in this game. I mean, it was only one more point this game, but and he just seems to uh, have the formula to dominate that team. Yeah, you know, there's a couple reasons why I think Zed Key, um, number one, plays well against Duke, but then number two, while I think he's actually improved, uh, how he's improved from last year to this year, outside of just experience and another offseason to work on his game. Um, against Duke, the style of defense that they play, they were really stretching the court defensively and getting up in Ohio State's guards. And the way Ohio State was able to uh, move the basketball and create a mismatches a lot, a lot of times through Duke's uh, switching defensively, Zed Key would would find himself in the post on someone who doesn't have maybe as much strength physically to guard him as most of your traditional big men in the Big Ten. And I think those mismatches obviously helped for Zed to have um, more easier scoring opportunities within the the flow of the offense, number one. Number two, on a, as a, on a whole, why he has gotten better, I think, from last year. He's cut some weight. He's looking trimmer. He's moving without the basketball better. But yet he maintained his strength, which I think was very cr- critical for him because I think that's the the bread and butter of his game is his is his strength. And he stretched the defense out, uh, ability to stretch the defense out a little bit because he is shooting better, uh, you know, that mid-range jumper. And he's knocked down a couple threes, believe it or not. So uh, <laughs> his game has definitely improved. Yeah, I, I like that, too. And, you know, listening to that, it makes sense for last season, too, because they would 
Uh, Duke would have had to stretch out to cover EJ Liddell out on the perimeter way more often as well. So I was just thinking, like last year, we didn't really have the guard play. <laughs> it seemed to make a difference of working the ball inside. But with Liddell out there, yeah, they would have had to stretch out more. But, uh, man, Sensabaugh struggled in that game. <laughs> he did not do well. That was – or Tanner Holden. Tanner Holden was scoreless, man. Um, you in you know if as we get into kind of the second part here of the non-conference in preseason, which is gosh quickly coming to an end here, believe it or not. No, we're gonna get into uh, uh, actual conference play. Uh, this started this weekend in the Big Ten, and of course, Ohio State's got their first conference game this upcoming week at home against Rutgers. But, um. Yeah, that was a bad game for a couple guys who normally are going to play better offensively. Holden's going to give you at least a couple buckets, and sends the ball is you know been leading the team in scoring, and that was just not his best performance. And so, if we meet them again later on, let's say in the NCAA tournament, I feel very good that we can beat them. And if we have our typical type of games, Monk, I think we do beat them. Oh, absolutely, and um. Listening to you and Chris uh, earlier this week when you guys recorded an episode, and thank you again for that. Um, you guys were really right about Holden and how he's playing unselfish for being, you know, coming in as such a highly touted scorer. But um, in the game against St. Francis, he really started to seem like he was going to you know, kind of switch it up and really start looking for his, his points. And he was very effective. So I think he's going to be a, a big factor in the Big Ten play for us to continue winning. And uh, Bruce Thornton, man, he's really starting to step it up as well. I've, I've been very impressed. <laughs> he is becoming more and more – every game he's more comfortable, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Uh, He's uh, his his offensive game is better than I thought it was was actually, you know, I I viewed him more of a Isaac likely type of consistent uh, bulldog point guard going to take the ball to the bucket. He was on fire from three point range (laughs) and you I mean, just overall that they went through that stretch in the second half where they weren't missing a three. And how how exciting is it as a Buckeye fan when Thornton, Roddy Gale Jr., Bryce Sinzenball, and Felix Akpara, four freshmen, all score in double figures? Nah, you got to love it because, I mean, we all knew that this class was going to have a huge upside, but I didn't think it would all be coming to fruition this soon. And the way this team is playing – there is no one go-to scorer. If it, if there is, I would say Bryce Sinzenball is probably that guy. But on any given night, you're going to have Zed Key or Justice Suing lead you in scoring. Uh, don't be surprised if at some point this year, Sean McNeil <laughs> gets catches fire and scores 20-some points, you know, most from the three-point range. Right. Um, Bryce Sinzenball, like I said, is probably your your most consistent go-to offensive guy. 
I still think Tanner Holden has got more in the tank than what we have seen so far, um, even though he had a very solid game uh, the, yesterday as we record this on Sunday, December 4th, yesterday on December 3rd against St. Francis, which so funny when you hear St. Francis, it, it, when you're from Ohio, Monk, you immediately think about the cat, one of the Catholic high schools in Columbus called St. Francis de Sales. Right. Like, St. Francis, why are we playing the high school? I, I had no, I'd never <laughs> heard of this team before. I'd, no idea who they were um, the, out of Pennsylvania, I guess. But uh, they weren't a bad basketball team. But, man, when we caught fire offensively in the second half and we just opened up a can on them, that, I think, is what the ceiling is for Ohio State this year, is that they could, at times, go on stretches offensively where they could put up 20 points in the matter of four to five minutes. That's how good they can be. Right. Yeah. One, one thing they do need to work on is uh, getting back on defense, man. How many times did you see that team like just pushing it up court after a made bucket? And I mean, yet, you know, that was a, that was a really good game plan by their, their basketball coach. I mean, they're, they're two and seven. They're not a good basketball team. Monk. They have some serious defense <laughs> deficiencies as a team, but how smart of him to like say, Hey, we're going to push the tempo. We're going to take it to these guys. They had a couple decent ball handlers, you know, and they had a couple good shooters and they utilized that to their advantage. I mean, they, at halftime, it was only what an eight point lead for the Buckeyes. Yeah, it might've so, been six. <laughs> well, I think it was eight and then they came out and they actually got it down to like five or six to start the second half before, Ohio State pulled away, and they ended up uh, – the Buckeyes outscored the red flashes in the second half, 52-23 to 23 yesterday. So, yeah, you, you equate that second half to a full game, 104 points. My gosh. I mean, that's – they ended up scoring 96 total because they had 44 in the first half. That was just a tremendous offensive output. Oh, yeah. yeah that team that, – um, that Cohen kid they had was pretty impressive on that St. Francis – I think he ended up with a double-double. Yeah, he had 10 boards. I think he had somewhere around 17, 18 points, something like that. Um, yeah, he was he was pretty good, uh, pretty good basketball player. And I was I was impressed with their guard play. You know, uh, the Land kid and the Gregory kid, uh, number zero. Right. Uh, both of them, I thought, were really, really good guards. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of who we played early in the year that had that guard that we just could not stop. <laughs> and he was fun to watch. Oh, the one from San Diego State, maybe? No, it was like one of the first couple teams that we played. Okay. Oh. I can't even remember now. Maybe Charleston Southern had a kid? Uh, it might have been. Uh, or it yeah. might have been Robert Morris. No, I don't think it was Robert Morris. And I, I think Charleston Southern had one that we both were pretty impressed with, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it had been, you know, it kind of looked like a smaller um, Isaac Likely and Bruce yep, Thornton. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, had the dreadlocks and yeah. Yeah, he was just <clears throat> impressive to watch get through that lane like he did. And the passes were awesome. <laughs> like, I respect good guard play like that because that's how I played. It was like the old style point guard, make your teammates score. Right. Yep. Make everybody around you better. Play defense, and that's why I love Aaron Kraft because <laughs> that's how he played. But um, so yeah. Uh, any more that you want to add? 
No, I think those are pretty good. I mean, we like I said, we get to turn the page and, and get a little bit of a, the preview of the Big Ten this week. Uh, Thursday going up against Rutgers, Thursday evening, 7 o'clock in the, in the shot. Um, and then next weekend, man, uh, we get to play the ACC again against North Carolina, uh, who I believe beat Indiana uh, in the ACC Challenge. So UNC is probably going to be somewhere around, I would say, 16 or 15, maybe even higher in the in the polls next week, while we're probably going to be somewhere around 23, 24, somewhere around that range. Um, a big, big opportunity for Ohio State to kind of take that next step. You know, uh, you know, you got Rutgers. You don't want to lose that game. And by the way, Rutgers beat. Um, they beat somebody too in in the Big Ten already. Illinois, uh, was it Illinois? I, th- I couldn't remember if it uh, was Illinois. Illinois. Or no, they beat the, Indiana. The top, they yeah, beat Indiana. Was... Yeah, they beat number ten Indiana. Yeah, and Indiana's had a couple couple Indiana, losses here. Indiana beat North Carolina. Oh, did they? Yeah, I wasn't sure, so I'm looking at it right now because I was like, man, I I can't remember. You're right. They did 77 65. I just found it. I so had it back in my head, but yeah, but they lost to Rutgers. That's so crazy. <laughs> the UNC will probably actually not be that high. They'll probably be around 20, um, right. maybe even a little lower. So they, we might be closer than, than that when we get there. But, but Indiana backs that up with a loss to Rutgers and it was a bad loss 63 to 48. So, Oops. We got to have our A game Thursday, Monk. We can't just sleepwalk into this one and say it's Rutgers. We're going to win. Like, no, we're going to have to bring our A game two two games in a row here. And let's see where this basketball team is because that this is going to be a great preview for what it's going to be like night in and night out in the Big Ten, home, on the road. You have to be ready or you can let this thing slip away from you really quick in conference play. Hey, we, we already know how it's going to be in Big Ten play. I mean, the last three, four years, maybe five, it's just been the, the toughest conference. And it it's actually kind of hampered us in the Big Ten or in the March Madness tournaments because I think our teams are so beat up from the Big Ten season that it really affects us because, man, we, it just seems like we get beat early as a conference except for like maybe one team each year. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. The the physicality, the which is the nature of play inside the Big Ten, really hurts these teams when they go when they get to the NCAA tournament because they're just they're beat up, man. They are physically mm-hmm. beat up and tired, so mentally too. And ev- you know everybody is capable of beating everyone. I mean, we've seen that how many times, especially with Northwestern, <laughs> seeing to sneak in there and get them one two huge wins over the top contenders. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a crapshoot. Like when I was trying to list how I thought these teams would end up, I'm like, man, I don't even know where to go with this, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? This It's so wide open. and We might as well just dive right into it, man. All right. So do you want to um, start from the top and work your way down or go from the backside and work you're, your way you're up? Drive, up. You're driving this bus, man. You You direct me where we're going. All right. Well, I, I guess we'll uh, we'll start from the bottom and work our way to the top. Then, at uh, the 14th spot, like I said, this was a crapshoot because I have no clue how it's going to end up. Um, I I had Minnesota finishing. 
blast. And I, and I didn't really look too much like, you know, on the team stats or anything. I looked more at, you know, what kind of wins they had this season, what kind of losses. Cause I'm like, I said, it's just going to be too tough to really <laughs> see how this ends up. Yeah. No, no kidding. Uh, I have Nebraska. Um, I, I really think the bottom four will, will, will probably be consistent with each other. Yeah. And it, it could be anywhere from 11 to 14 anywhere for these teams. But I've got Nebraska at 14th. I just don't think they've got the horses to compete in the Big Ten. No, and I've got them at 13. <laughs> so we're right there. At 13 for me, I've got Northwestern. But th- they're, they're, they're an interesting team because, you know, the, the style of play, um, they are usually pretty good fundamentally. Um and if you're not if you're not like going to be on your A game, they can sneak up and surprise you from time to time. So I've got them at 13. All right. Yeah, we are definitely right there. I'm like just one ahead of you on these. I've got Northwestern at 12. I mean, just the fact I, I don't even know. Well, they did beat Georgetown, so that's a pretty decent win for them, I guess, so far in the year. Of course, I don't know how good Georgetown's doing. <laughs> right. Uh, I got uh, I got your uh, last place team. I got Minnesota at twelve. Um, okay. I like their new I like their new coach. Um, I think they got a a couple decent guys on that team that could uh, that you definitely have to be aware of uh, that can score the the rock pretty good. But uh, I went with Minnesota twelve. They're definitely in a rebuilding mode. Oh, yeah. I guess I could have had Minnesota higher just because of that home court advantage with that old style, as you call it, the Barnes. Yep. So, um, all right. At uh, number 11, I put Penn State. I am right there with you, actually. I got Penn State number 11 as well. Again, another another new head coach, but... Man, he's he's got good back, uh, good bloodlines, good pedigree. Having coached uh, at Purdue, um, we'll see. Penn State's never been a basketball school, like ever. Like they've never done well. So it'll be interesting to see if he can build something there. I mean, their their ceiling is probably somewhere on the bottom half of the top half of the Big Ten, usually. Around right. sixth or seventh, that's kind of seems to be where their ceiling might be. So we'll see if he can get past that, but it's going to be an uphill climb, no doubt. Right. And the one the one question there is though, who's the team they always seem to do great against? That would be our Buckeyes. <laughs> yeah, Holtman seems to have trouble beating Penn State. Uh, I tell you, it's just like Northwestern, man. I you're saying how oh, they could be upstarts. Their football programs the same way at times and. Penn State, that whole college, I wonder if all the other sports are like that as well, or if we're not look like we should dominate them, that it just is close all the way through. But like they say, we are their rival, not ours. That's, that's right. <laughs> all right. And then at number 10, I I put Wisconsin, which, I mean, I, they could end up higher. Like I said, this was just – I didn't know where to go. I was kind of like throw darts at a dartboard and see what happens. Yeah, I'm right with you. I got Wisconsin there too. But here's what's crazy about them is I actually like a couple of their uh, athletes. Oh, yeah, that uh, forward they got is really mm-hmm. good. 
So uh, Trice. Mm-hmm. So you know, which uh, we'll be talking about him in just a little bit, but uh, yeah. So it's really strange for me to kind of like look at this and go, I got him at tenth, but I kind of like him. So that's just right. one of the one of the things you know as we were talking about, like, and as we go through the remainder of of our list here, Monk, I I literally could tell you like straight up. I think this is anybody's game this year. Like the, we might get to the last week of the season and there might be five, six, seven teams still eligible to win the league in regular season. That is how, how wide open this thing is in my opinion. I agree. I wouldn't expect anything less. I mean, that's how it's been the last two years, at least three or four teams right there competing in the last week. So, yeah, because I'm sitting there looking at the rest of the teams up here, and I'm like, man, I could justify putting each one of them up in any of the top spots that I have left. Flip-flop them all, because, I mean, right at nine. I can't believe I'm even saying this, but I've got Michigan State at number nine. Woo! Now, see, I couldn't drop them that low. I I just – I have way too much respect for Tom Izzo and his ability to – you know, get every ounce out of his basketball teams that's humanly possible. I went with this week's opponent, Rutgers ninth, and it's more the name than anything. Rutgers has gone to two straight NCAA tournaments, which is a record for them. If they're able to get to a third straight NCAA tournament, that is unprecedented for Rutgers. I've got them at ninth, but I literally could see them being a top five four or five team in the big 10 this year. They got the guys they've got the seems to seems to be that they've got kind of the momentum on their side and they just beat Indiana for goodness sakes. Right. Uh, now I was kind of looking at like what the, the rankings and that did too. Cause when MSU lost that one point game to Gonzaga, man, they, I think they dropped right out of the top 25 or close to it. If they didn't go completely out. And I mean, they lost to Kentucky, which is, a tough, tough team, and they lost to Alabama. So, I mean, they played tough competition, but I don't know. They they don't seem, and I wasn't impressed with them last year either. They just don't seem like that typical Tom Izzo team. But I'll probably be eating those words later on in the year. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. They just, to me, they don't seem quite like they were, you know, five, ten years ago. So, and they are young. I mean, they got a couple good guys back, but I don't think that's going to do them any good through this tough Big Ten. Um, and then at number eight, I put Iowa. And they've got a loss to TCU. Mm-hmm. And they, they did beat Seton Hall and Clemson, which, you know, Seton Hall's ranked 58th and Clemson's 70th. So it's not like the best wins, but they are solid wins nonetheless. I am right there with you, actually. I have Iowa 8 as, as well. So they're middle of the road. You know, they're they're not as good as they used to be. Um, but uh, you got to, you always, like I said, you got to be careful because they're well coached. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Just a couple of years ago, they were, like, really good, though, weren't they? They had that, uh, was that mm-hmm. big, tall, seven-foot kid that could shoot. Luke should... Garza. Luke Garza? Yeah. 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 I was going to say I should know this because I believe he plays for the Pistons. Well, warm for the bench, but <laughs> yeah, that kid was impressive. And they always seem to have 
like some really really good shooters and then one like just super awesome athlete every year but i don't know much on this team this year i gotta dig into them a little more um who do you got at number seven oh you got that being the team up north i'm right there with you my friend <laughs> i i don't have a lot of good things to say about them <laughs> i mean they've got some they've got some experience but uh, uh i just uh i just don't like that team at all anything about them i'm I don't even want to talk about them. All right. Yeah. The slap master's son is really good uh, freshman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so oh, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> oh, I tell you. You got it almost even on a sunshiny day with all the Wolverine tears up here. You have to wear a raincoat. Well, well and as we record this, the good news is, is they just lost in London to Kentucky. So. They're five. Ah. They're they're five and three right now. So they are definitely a flawed basketball team. All right, I tell you that Hunter Dickinson, he is a arrogant guy. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> perfect for them, right? Oh, he reminds me of Aiden Hutchinson. I can't stand them both. Like it sickens me that I have to watch Hutchinson play for the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You are. That's right. You're a Lions fan, and then he's. Yeah, he has been playing well, too. So Yeah, I just like the video of that Miami Dolphin blocking him with one arm. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was so funny. All right, and then at number six, I put our next opponent, Rutgers, because Oof. they've got that big win over Indiana. They beat Miami and Temple. Yeah, so there you go. You got them much higher than me. I actually have another team that I'm super impressed with right now. And is in a team that I think is much better than what the pronosticators had um, at the beginning of the year, and that is Maryland. Mm. Maryland, to me, again, here we go. So I kid you not, one through seven, any of these seven teams I really think could win the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really think Maryland's got a shot, and here I've got them at number six overall. So what's that tell you? <laughs> Yeah, I I agree with you, and they've you know they got that new coach, so who really knows what what they're gonna bring? But they are looking pretty darn good, because I've got them up pretty high myself. So, um, and who you got at number five? Number five, this is where I got Sparty. Ah. Um, so they're not they're not in the top four here for me, but again, I think Tom Izzo, I think will get every ounce of it he can out of this out of this basketball team. They will be there at the end of the season within a game or two at the end. Right. Yeah, well, it pained me to do this because you know how I love to wear my scarlet and gray sunglasses all the time, but I, I put Ohio State at number five. Um, I, I honestly think they'll finish better, but just with it being a young team and – how this Big Ten could shake up, I, I don't know. I, I guess looking at it now, I can't even really justify it. But <laughs> it, it it's going to be a rough one. I was just trying not to be that, uh, you know, that typical fan I am. I was trying to think a little more as a conference <laughs> while doing this because I definitely love to pick Ohio State no matter what the odds. So I've got them at number four. So I'm not too far ahead of you. I'm I'm pretty doggone close to where you're at as well. So um, 
I got them at number four. You're right. They're young. Um, they but they do have those good transfers that I think can 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 kind of lead them away. You know, lead them down the path there to get these when these young kids catch up, which seems like they're catching up really fast right now. They're a dangerous basketball team. I'm not obviously putting them at number one, okay? But I am saying that they could possibly be a top four or five team in the Big Ten. And I'll tell you this much, they are going to upset some people this year. Oh, absolutely, especially if Tanner Holden starts uh, stepping up his scoring, which, I mean, I love the way that he's been playing, but we are going to need his points in this yeah, stretch. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And and hopefully Justice Suing can get a little more consistency in his offensive game because <laughs> I mean when he's on he's he's hitting big numbers but man when he is struggling a little bit it looks awful. <laughs> yeah, it's not not pretty, is it? No, but you know you always feel bad because it's like man, how many of them shots were halfway in the bucket and then just rim out? That is the worst feeling in the world when that happens to you. <laughs> Because everything feels so great and you just can't get no love. Um, all right. And then at number four, I went with Illinois because they just got beat. But, you know, they're always the team that is going to make some noise. They've got good guard play. They still have that Kofi Cockburn, that big old huge dude. Mm, he's in the NBA. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I do like their – Pretty sure it was the guard. You're talking about um, yeah, you're talking Tarrant. about Terrence Shannon Jr. Yeah, that guy is impressive. Mm-hmm. Very. So, I, if he, I don't know if he's going to be enough to carry him through, but we'll see. But that guy definitely is going to be one to watch out for. Well, I think uh, he does do a good job carrying him through because I've got Illinois at number three. So I, I think the Illini are going to be right there at the end of the season again. I really love Brad Underwood, their coach, man. He's a screamer. He is a he is a Bobby Knight, Tom Izzo type of uh, basketball coach, and I kind of like those guys. I'm not going to lie. Those, those guys tend to – uh, get every ounce out of their teams. Uh, the players will play hard for them. Um, as long as they are good at X's and O's, you can't just scream for the for the sake of screaming. You got to be able to, uh, um, you know, bring it on other aspects of your of your of your game as a head coach. And he does. So I, I have Illinois at number three, but I wouldn't be shocked if they end up pulling it out. Yeah, they uh, they lost to Maryland. They did lose to Maryland, yes. Yeah, it's it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> and then at my number three, that's where I've got Indiana. I mean, they got the win over UNC, good solid win over Xavier. We know is tough. <laughs> so, and who did they? Yep. Yeah, okay, there's that Rutgers loss, but I, I think Indiana is gonna be one to watch out for personally. Yeah, I got the Hoosiers at number two. Um, They've looked really, really good outside of that surprising loss there to Rutgers, like we said. But I got the Hoosiers at number two. They've got one of the best home court advantages in all of the Big Ten. They got one of the best basketball players in all of the Big Ten with a tremendous amount of experience. They've got some really good freshmen. 
Indiana's got a lot of good things going for them finally. And we'll see if, if they're able to finally capitalize that and play for a Big Ten championship, or are we going to be, once again, uh, is Indiana going to be kind of the team with all the hype and, and nothing there, no substance there? We shall see. I mean, they were ranked 10th there for a hot minute. I think that's where they're going to end up, too. They're going to have all the flash coming in, and they're going to fall downhill at some point. I don't know. It's just that's the pattern for them. Maybe they should get rid of those ugly pants. <laughs> yeah, the candy canes. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, I, I don't, I don't know, man. Those are the ugliest things out there, <laughs> besides blue and gold colors and the wing helmets. Um, at my number two, this is where I put Maryland. Wow, I th- all the way I, up number two. Yeah, I just. Uh, I tell you, I don't know. I got a, I got a funny feeling about this Maryland team this year, but I don't know. We'll see. I guess I was throwing darts at a dartboard, but <laughs> um, right. they, they beat Gonzaga pretty handedly. Or no, wait, I'm looking at my next one. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. They got a win, a win <laughs> over St. Louis, the win over Illinois, a solid win over Miami. Granted, you know, Miami, St. Louis aren't the best, but they are, you know, top 50 competition. So it counts for something. And they seem like they've got a new coach. Seems like he's going to do pretty well for them. Even though I totally contradict myself here in another segment, (laughs) just a little (laughs) bit. It's all good, man. I get it. Uh, Which means we both have the same team at number one. It's hard not to have this team at number one. <laughs> yeah, I, they're so good, dude. I, I just, you know, it's kind of funny because I I don't think recruiting-wise, if you look at the recruiting numbers, they're ever, Purdue is ever, like, number one. You know what I mean? Like, in the Big Ten. But Matt Painter is so good, man. I, like, there was a while. There was a while where I had a, a man crush on Pat Fitzgerald at at Northwestern as far right. as the football side of things. That's that's Matt Painter to me. Like if I'm Ohio State, that's the guy I would want so bad. And he's never gonna leave. You know West Lafayette. I mean he's he he he's ingrained there, just like the hardwood on the basketball court. He's just you know he's a perfect perfect person for them. Oh, and yeah. Purdue, Purdue is always going to be good. They just are. And I think they got a really good combination of guards and, and, and forwards. And they play solid basketball fundamentally. And they can shoot the heck out of the basketball. So that's who I went with number one, man. Was yeah, me too. I mean, yeah. like I said, Painter, he's a great coach. Uh Always seems to develop these guys at a high level. And I mean, if we can't get Painter, at least we got the next best thing in Owens. So that <laughs> that's a there nice little thing for us. And that, that center, man, holy crap. Seven foot four, just a beat beast of a guy. Dude, dude is dude is awkwardly like good for yeah. height. Most people his size don't play that well. And we're talking about Zach at is it Edie, I believe is how he pronounces yeah. it. Yep, and I mean he's only scratching the surface still. So he, yeah, he's going to be something to keep an eye on. That is for sure. That is a that is a mismatch nightmare for Ohio State man. Yeah, because I mean he he moves 
pretty well for a big guy. So I, you know, I don't know if we're even going to be able to pull him out and stretch him <laughs> out on the floor, but let's figure something out. That, like you said, that's a worry for our team going into big 10 play is all these big, big, big 10 centers. But I'm, I'm hoping the small ball prevails, like using that uh, Steve Kerr formula. There you go. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we'll move on to our next segment of ranking the Big Ten coaches. And I'll let you go first on this one. You can start from the bottom or go from one down. It's up well, to we you. Start, yeah, we start at the bottom with the teams on, on, on uh, the ranking of our Big Ten teams right now. So let's go ahead and do the same with the basketball coaches. Now, I did this a little differently, Monk. I did this on the basis of where I feel they are like right now, like not necessarily where I feel they are as far as uh, where they're going to end up at the end of the year. But like I took into account, like, are they new? Have they been at the school for a while? What's their reputation? How have they done in the postseason? What kind of how many championships have they won? That type of thing. And so that's kind of I took the, the the all of those things, all that criteria and kind of combined it, if you will, into my rankings here. So number 14, although I, I like the guy a whole lot and I, I think there's a there's an argument to be made that he can climb up this list. But at number 14 for me is Micah Shrewsbury from Penn State. Hmm. Yeah, I've uh, got him a little higher up. I At 14, I put Kevin Willard. Maryland, like I said, I totally contradict myself right here with the last part, but him being new and kind of unproven yet, I couldn't justify really putting him up too much, you know, high, but he uh, he's going to move up, obviously, through the season. Uh, number uh, 13 for me, again, new head coach at Minnesota. I think, I, I think, I think, again, this is somebody who was a good recruiter when Patino was there. And when he came back, there's a lot of buzz that he's going to be able to recruit Minneapolis very well for the Gophers. I got Ben Johnson. Okay. I've got Chris Collins at number 13. Uh, He's got one appearance in the tournament. uh, Sub-500 record at 133 and 150 losses, so <laughs> seems like a good spot. But they are always that upstart team. Yep. This next guy for me is someone who um, he's got a really good reputation and he's done very, very well. But right now, it's one of those situations where um, he's just in a bad situation. And that's Fred Hoiberg in Nebraska. Like, I, I just feel like... <laughs> You put that coach on a different roster in a different situation, and you probably have a, a, a team that's rising. But the fact that it's Nebraska, it's like Nebraska is almost like the to me, it's kind of like the Rutgers of the of of the Big Ten in football. Like it is, it is just good luck. Like because I just don't, I just don't see you having much success, much success there. That's where I've got Fred. We got we got a frosty situation going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, but no, but I Fred Holberg's done it before. I mean, Frosty did it for what two seasons at UCF. 
Right. And and then kind of <laughs> gained a, a, an unfair reputation of being a genius when it that wasn't really necessarily the case. So. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I have Fred Hoiberg at number 12. And, you know, when I was looking at the numbers, I was actually quite surprised because of his reputation. The fact that he's only got 24 wins to 67 losses since he's been there. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he, he needs to just go on his own, not even be let go. He just needs to give up on that place and go. <laughs> right. Number 11 for me is where I've got Kevin Willard. And, and, and this might be some recency bias to here as I made this list, <laughs> Monk, to be honest with you, because those last few wins have been incredibly impressive here. But right. he, took over, he, he took over a situation that was kind of – volatile and he's he's readied the ship there and steadied the ship that is and has has put put the terps in a very very good situation and just like you said he's going to climb up this list i might have put him up a little bit too high here at the beginning but this is where i've got kevin willard yeah i think that's a good spot i think i might have put him down a little too low but (laughs) just like these teams man you just don't know where it's going to end up but Outside of the the top coaches, obviously those are like give me's. But um, yeah, th- this is where I have Ben Johnson from Minnesota. Okay. Uh, number ten for me. This is where I got Chris Collins from Northwestern. I, by the way, I, I like I love I like Chris Collins as far as like the offense he runs. Like he knows. I'm never going to be able to out-athlete the other teams in the Big Ten, so I kind of have to run, and I and I and I, tr- I don't want to use the word a gimmicky offense, but it kind of is. I mean, it's it's the backdoor cuts and you know some some of the some of the things that you see from the Princeton style offense. He's he's running that, and he's doing a good job with it at Northwestern. So it makes sense that they would. It would be kind of a, the equivalent of running. Um, uh, the 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 T wing offense and and that Navy uh, runs and Georgia Tech ran for a while in college football and it's the same concept here and so you you have to really prepare for that and you don't always see it and so um, I like that offense myself I loved playing in that offense when I had the opportunity to to play in some offenses that did a lot of backdoor cuts because man you you get a lot of layups if you're playing a team that's undisciplined defensively so anyways long story short chris collins number 10 getting a lot out of what he's uh what he what he has to work with there no absolutely and it's funny that you say that because i you said think about it uh, how many of these basketball teams seem to mirror like what their football teams are with that like gimmick style play (laughs) yep that's funny. Um, I had this is I've got uh, Micah Shrewsbury at number ten. Oh, you really put him up there! Wow. Yeah, you know I, I they get my respect because they they always play us tough, and that's when I seem to pay the most attention to the teams. <laughs> Maybe I'm giving them a little more love than they than I should, but I don't know, man. They're they're one of them teams that could jump up and upstart. Yep. All right, number nine for me, and it's, and it's because I really dislike this guy, <laughs> Greg Gard from Wisconsin. Uh, Ohio State and Wisconsin basketball, man, is a little. There's a little rivalry there, and uh, back in the 2000s, man, it was a really heated rivalry. Um, I, I think Greg is okay. Like I, he's gotten a pretty good 
uh, a couple good seasons since he's been there uh, from teams that, you know, had some, he inherited a good team, I guess is what I should say. Uh, he inherited a good program with some pretty good athletes. And since those kids have graduated and moved on, I think we've, we're seeing now a little bit of more of who the real Greg guard is. I got him at number nine. Mm. Man. Yeah. We're definitely lopsided on that one. <laughs> um, I've got Rutgers head coach, Steve Pykel. Um, Just like mainly because of the, the records and that, having a 48% winning percentage and 47 in the big 10, you got to, got to kind of prove it to move up these rankings. So we'll see. I got him at number eight. And if, if again, if he can get back to his third straight NCAA tournament again, Rutgers dude's probably not going to be there next year. He's probably going to get a big time job offer. All right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, at this spot, I have Indiana coach Mike Woodson. You know, I'm just waiting for that uh, fall apart at the end of the year, <laughs> like we've seen so often lately, come in with bright and shiny, but just fade. So they're going to have to prove me wrong there. I actually have him at number seven. So, you know, we're kind of lock and step with each other here. All right. Oh, this, this, this part hurts me right here. I've got Holtman at number seven just because, mm. um, I mean, I love the consistency. I love everything that he does. He probably should be higher up on the list, but the lack of um, title wins in conference, cha- or not wins, but championships and just not moving too far into the tournaments. Like he's he's got to get over that hump to get up farther, in my opinion. But I do respect and like everything that he has done for this program, and he's got us going in the right direction. We'll get there. Number six for me is Fran McCaffrey from Iowa. Um, I think Fran is again. He's a he's kind of like Greg Gard. I really don't like the guy. Of course, you know my disdain for the state of Iowa. So right. uh, it's hard for me to move him any higher than this. I think uh, he's had some pretty good teams that have done well, but I think he's kind of underachieved with them. When you got Luke Garza on your team and you can't do better than what you did, uh, that's coaching in my opinion. So right. I'm going to go Fran McCaffrey here at six. Okay, at six, I've got the slap master, Juwan Howard. Wow. And 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 I I put him up ahead of Holtman simply because he's got the one conference title. Mm. Other other than that, he has nothing on Holtman. I actually got him at number five. Um, he's young. He's actually done. I mean, to be okay. So to take away my scarlet and gray glasses here, he's done really well in the short amount of time he's been a head coach. And. Well, the fact that I have him at number five, I think, should be actually like me kind of swallowing my pride a little bit and admitting he's pretty decent. So that's how I look at it. Well, he was born on second base, coming in with beelines, recruiting, and how he had that team set up. So <laughs> that's a great. That is a. I can see a meme coming out now. <laughs> You know, you got you you, you take uh, Jim Harbaugh's quote about being on third third base, and then you put 
Juwan Howard next to it, you know, and, he, and, and he's with like uh, quotations and a little bubble coming out from his mouth saying, you mean like me? You know? Like, yeah. yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. Cause I'm telling you, man, uh, Beeline had that program humming like they were, he was set up. He came into a perfect situation. So yep. if, if they can use it, we can use it. <laughs> That's right. So at number five, I have your guy, Fran McCaffrey. I mean, He's got the Big Ten Tournament Championship, uh, six appearances in March Madness. Uh, he's got a 600 win percentage. So, I mean, he's got the accolades, the numbers. But So that's why I've got him at five. <clears throat> Number four is where I've got the Holt man. Um, he's done everything but get the championships. And so that's what I'm waiting on, Jason, is, is to see if he can finally uh, get himself over the hump and get himself a championship and get to at least the Sweet 16 in uh, the NCAA tournament. Yep, oh, he will. And, I mean, he's he's been right there. And, I mean, let's face it, I think that team that, during the COVID year, that when it got canceled, I think that team would have made one heck of a run, if not took the whole thing the way they were playing and firing on all cylinders at that point. Uh, what if? What if? Just like right, just like 2012. <laughs> what if? Um, at number four, I have Brad Underwood from Illinois. And, you know, these guys, I just kind of put an order based on their accolades and numbers because uh, this top group to me is just pretty much a no-brainer from here on out. So that, that's why I've got him at number four. Number three for me is Brad Underwood. Um, I got him just one step ahead of you. Like I said, I really like him as a coach, man. I I think he is a phenomenal basketball coach. I know he's a screamer, but... I I just think the dude is he has the potential of being the next Tom Izzo. He just he's he's coming to Illinois much later than Izzo was coming to Michigan State. Right. Um, I, I've got your your favorite guy, Greg Gard, at number three. <laughs> Man, you really got him high compared to me. We are way different on. We've been pretty lock and step with each other, other than that one. Yeah, yeah, the ones that we weren't were complete opposite. But I mean, you know, he's got 144 wins to 78 losses, 64% win percentage, five March Madness appearances, and two conference titles. I, that's that's what really got me in the, these rankings was like the conference and the Big Ten titles. Mm -hmm. I just I can't put coaches that haven't done it yet up higher than the ones that have. That's why it killed me to have the slap master ahead of Holtman. Well, you may, it makes sense. It's a good argument and one that I'll definitely have to listen to. So, um, you know, you're probably right, but I just think Greg guard is, I think he's what we're seeing here recently is more of who he really is. Right. So number two for me is probably my favorite guy on this list. And that's Matt painter. I mean, I've already, Talk so much about the guy, about how great I think he is. So I'm not going to spend any more time talking about it. But Matt Painter, to me, I wish he was a Buckeye. I really do. Yeah, I hey, I would take him in a heartbeat, that's for sure. And I've also got him at number two. His accolades speak for themselves. They they really do. And number one's the godfather of the Big Ten, man. Uh, it's It's got to be Tom Izzo. 
And I think that's really a good nickname for him. If you, if I'm being dead honest with you, because I, he's been here the longest. He's, you know, obviously one of the most successful coaches in the big 10, not in, not only just currently, but in history. And uh, I think Tom Izzo is kind of, uh, like I said, kind of the godfather here. No, I absolutely call him the godfather of college basketball. Now that shashevsky has gone. <clears throat> I mean, what's he got? Uh, six, 16 final four appearances or something ridiculous like that. That's yeah, crazy. <laughs> so, or no, it's yeah, 10 final four appearances. Um, 10 regular season Big Ten championships, six Big Ten tournament titles, uh, Big Ten record 23 straight, soon to be 24 straight NCAA appearances, according to this guy on here. <laughs> so, I mean, he's done it all. That uh, national title team in 2000 with the Flintstones, you know, that, that was a fun team to watch. It know, was. I, I had watched a lot of those guys play in high school growing up in that area. So, mm-hmm. especially Charlie Bell. I tell you what, Tom Izzo ruined Charlie Bell. Because when he got to state, he didn't score. And mm. that kid was a flat-out scorer, one of the best I've ever seen. And he, he kind of showed it when he got a chance in the NBA towards the end and was able to start doing something. But... Man, he was so much better than what anyone saw. It was a darn shame, to be honest with you. Hmm. Well, there you go, man. There's our list, dude. I think uh, we're we both kind of in agreement that you know you're, you're at least three of the top four in our opinion is Izzo, Painter, and Underwood. So, um, I guess that's pretty uh, pretty good to be in that at least uh, that neighbor that ballpark or neighborhood. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. What you've done has got to count for something. That's true. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we'll move on to segment five. It's our all-shot conference starting five, so it's basically our all-American picks. And um, I will start out here at center. I took that Zach E.D., 7'4", 295-pound kid. Scoring 22 points a game right now, 11 and a half rebounds, shoots 64%, and is averaging 2.1 blocks. It was hard not to take that kid as a center. Yeah, I agree with you. That is exactly who I went with. I know some people are high on uh, the guy you mentioned from the team up north uh, as being maybe the uh, the center that you should take. I disagree. I think Zach Eady is a unique basketball athlete being over seven foot and being uh, able to run like he can. Um, and he's only getting better. Uh, he gives Purdue such a different dynamic. Um, you know, given the fact that Purdue can beat you from the outside, they can do so many things with their athleticism and the offense that they run, but yet then they have a, a, a guy that is like seven, four, however big he is. I mean, it's just ginormous. <laughs> Yeah, he's my starting center. He's my preseason uh, all shots uh, starting center. Right, and the, and the fact that he can move like that, and he's not one of these twig seven footers like you've been seeing, like Chet Holmgren, right? <laughs> and guys like that. I mean, two ninety five. Holy cow, that's a big boy. Yeah, and yeah, I I hate to do this right here, but at my power forward, I took the arrogant team up north guy. Mm, did you? 
Yeah, I think they would make one heck of a duo in the backcourt. See, I I went with a more athletic guy. I went with Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana. Yeah, I had thought about it. I also thought about Zed Key there too, but no, I mean I love Zed, but let's be honest, Zed is not in the same caliber as Edie and and Davis and you know the guy from Michigan that you've been talking about, who I I just don't want to say his name. Um, I really like Trace Jackson Davis. He's a senior now. He's been very consistent. He's just one step away from probably being a first round draft pick in the NBA. Right. And I really feel that this is going to be like a make or break year for him. And I think he's kind of the go-to guy. And I think that Indiana can actually do a lot of really good things based off of how he does this year. So I went with Trace Jackson Davis starting out, but I can, I can probably see where by the end of the year that might flip and I might agree with you, but we'll see. Right. I mean, I, I thought about him being there and I, I would say my nickname for the guy I picked, but it being a family show, I can't yeah, let's do that. But it's a good playoff, his last name. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then here, I, I couldn't help but put my scarlet shades on, and I my small forward be Bryce Sensabaugh. Big body, athletic, can shoot, Solid rebounder, uh, needs to get a little better on the defensive side, but he is averaging a block a game, two assists, shooting almost 50% from the floor. There's, the upside is great, so I, I had to do it. <laughs> I had to take at least one Buckeye. All right. So, I mean, I, I, I wish I could do the same thing you just did. I really do. But he is a freshman, man. I mean, let's be honest. And his game is going to get really good. He's going to develop. But right now, I went with Chris Murray from Iowa, uh, averaging 21 points uh, a game, 10 rebounds. So he's averaging a double-double a game. Uh, He's 6'8", 220 pounds, uh, can shoot, can, can move without the basketball, can move with the basketball. He's a very, very good basketball player, and if Iowa has any chance of competing in the Big Ten this year, it's going to be because of Chris Murray. Oh, yeah, I agree. He was my uh, my second on the list for that position, but I, I, I can't help but have my Scarlet Shades, man. <laughs> it's my weakness. <clears throat> but, yes, he is definitely a great basketball player. Um. At my shooting guard, I got Terrence Shannon Jr., six foot six, two hundred fifteen pound shooting guard, averaging nineteen point eight a game. Also can rebound at almost six and a half per game, three and a half assists, and also shoots a good forty eight percent from the floor. A lot to like about this kid's game. Love him. He's definitely my guard, one of my guards as well. One of the best basketball players in not only the Big Ten, but in NCAA this year. Enjoy watching this kid, unless he's playing the Buckeyes. He is a he is a handful, man. Okay, and at my point guard, after going through all the different point guards in the Big Ten, this one just kind of stuck out as the best all around. Um, Jalen Pickett from Penn State, six foot four. 209, so he's got, you know, a big body, good size. He's averaging 16 points a game, uh, 6.6 rebounds, 7.5 assists, 
also shooting 48%, and he averages 1.4 steals. So I just I, I like his all-around game, and I think that's the perfect type of point guard. Okay, so we we disagree on some of these, which is which is okay. That's pretty good, you know. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I went with a senior, and he's had a really good start to his year, and I think he's extremely underrated. That's Jameer Young from Maryland. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, he's averaging 15.1 points per game, 4.8 rebounds, 3.3 assists. His field goal percentage is up to over 40% currently. Um, I love the kid's game. I love his his leadership. 6'1", 185 pounds, true point guard. Uh, you know, those 3.3 assists, I think, are, are just only going to climb. And he's, and he's a scorer, too. And here's what I love the most about him. He is a great leader, dude. Watch him during a game, man. He is definitely the heart and soul of this basketball team. I think by the end of the year, you might switch that position over to Jameer Young, especially if Maryland continues to do what they're currently doing. Right. Uh, I was definitely thinking of the switch, but I was thinking more along the lines of uh, another freshman, Bruce Thornton. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you are. (laughs) Hey, if he continues to grow like he does. Hey, no kidding. Could be. (laughs) If he scored in double digits moving forward consistently and knocking down the three, you got to consider it. All right. And, I mean, he's a little bulldozer, man. I I love love his game. I just like his tenacity out there. So, all right. Well, we'll finish up the show. Uh, Just I, I know a lot of people may not pay attention to these women's teams, but I personally, I, I love the way that they fundamentally play a team game. And this women's Buckeyes team is just so tenacious on defense, but they had a tough game the other night, uh, the same night, the, the big 10 ACC. So they were playing number 18 Louisville and they were down by eight at half and Louisville really had all the momentum but Ohio State came out in that second half and outscored Louisville 59-32, to 32. so something very similar to what Ohio State did yesterday, the men's team, just putting up a monster number, and they ended up keeping their winning streak alive, winning 96-77. to 77. Uh, Senior guard Taylor Mikesell led the way in scoring with 26 points on 10-16 shooting. 4-8 from the three-point line. Uh, their other senior guard, J.C. Sheldon, had 22 points, three rebounds, three steals, and two blocks. She is a, like, Aaron Kraft of the women's side. Like, she is so fun to watch defensively. It's unreal. And then their senior uh, big big woman center <laughs> i don't know what you'd really call that because you got a big man so but their center rebecca I, I cannot pronounce this chick's name but she had 21 points five rebounds four assists and one steal and like her all-around game is great she can shoot um great spin move great footwork uh power people down in the post she's fun to watch and they forced 23 turnovers in that game, but so far through seven games, they have 202 forced turnovers as a team. They are tenacious defensively. I mean, full court from the jump in your grill. Uh, 
they they are a lot of fun to watch and if you haven't yet i would say you probably do yourself a favor and do that you're going to gain an appreciation for these guys for these gals i should say i really look forward to seeing what they can do uh in the uh coming big 10 schedule i I have a feeling they're just gonna just skate their way through this big 10 man i i I, this team is really really good and there's only a handful of teams out there in the country that i think can beat them oh absolutely and you know i sit and think if man if that one chick last year uh or two years ago i should say if she wouldn't have transferred to uconn and stayed they would be a lock for a national title because man if this team also had that dorka uhas Mm-hmm. Because she is unreal, but that, that Rebecca Mikolaskova, I mean, she has stepped up so big this year, and I mean, they're getting a lot of good contribution um, from their bench and their other two starters, and they've got that very highly touted freshman, uh, Cody Cody McMahon, and once she, you know, gets established in there and really starts going she's going to be something special too but the three seniors are what's really pushing this team and jc sheldon is the female aaron craft like i said i love watching her play (laughs) yeah i i uh i agree with you man it's a it's a lot of fun so all right well thank you again for joining me and that's gonna bring us to our end thank you guys for all your support Keep calm and Buckeye on. Oh, come, let's sing, oh, praise and songs through armor while our hearts re bounding thrill and joy which death alone can still summer's heat or winter's cold the seasons pass the years will roll Time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship. Oh, how